Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, we welcome Sarah, CEO of uh, uh, Grow Motley. She's the CEO and founder, the world's first remote work marketplace that facilitates conscious companies hiring equally conscious remote professionals of all nationalities into long-term positions. Sarah is trailblazing in the space as a thought leader and creator where remote work, conscious leadership, and personal and professional growth intersect. Before Grow Motley, she started and successfully sold multiple companies, and she's an author. We will hear about all of this and how Sarah is revolutionizing the world of work and bringing conscious leadership to the forefront. Sarah, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm so good, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful, Sarah. We uh, we briefly spoke before the the podcast, and um, you told us where you're based. But for the purpose of our audience, tell us where you're based. Yeah, so I'm Australian. People can probably start to pick that up from my accent. But I live in Austin, Texas. I've been in the United States since 2016, and moved to Austin at the beginning of 2020 for a number of reasons. But one of them was definitely. Um, the attraction of Austin being a great place to kind of be when you're building a tech startup. Yeah. We're keen to hear about this journey of yours, Sarah. So tell us about your personal journey. Where did it all begin? And um, in the intersects with your professional journey as well. Mm, that's such a big question. <laughs> um, <laughs> We've got plenty of time. So, I mean, in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In terms of my my career, I I started working in a family business with my father. Um, but at the same time, I guess for the first five years of working with him, I also loved to travel and live internationally. And I spent, you know, quite a number of years living in London and Vancouver and Dublin and traveling a lot. And that was kind of the age of 20 to 25-ish. Um, and then when I came back to Australia at the age of 25, I became more serious about, um, working with him on me ultimately taking over our family business. So that's when I really kind of became more settled into myself as a future entrepreneur and business owner, business leader. Um, we had a fi financial planning business, as I say, and, um, a couple, about a year or so into me being back and, and going into this full-time, my dad got sick um, and he was really unwell for over a year. And during that time, I stepped in and started running the company more so than supporting him and being a financial advisor, which I was qualified at that time. And I really fell in love with business and entrepreneurship during that period. And I also saw my capability and my capacity to do it. And so a couple of years later, I ended up deciding to start my own company um, because I had different ideas about what I wanted to create and 
and do. And, you know, subsequently since then, I've probably started eight companies. So I'm definitely kind of an entrepreneurial starter. I love that stage. Um, I love building things and getting an idea that you're so passionate about and then building them up and selling them or merging or whatever and happening. So yeah, I kind of went on that journey from 2009 is when I started my first company and um, it's been, I mean, there's, there's so much in the journey since then, 13 years now as an entrepreneur, uh, about eight companies, I've had three successful exits, um, one failure, and then a bunch of other kind of mergers and different things that happened with the other companies. Um, and in 2014, I turned all of my companies remote because that fire in me to travel had never gone away. I, I still wanted to travel. I still wanted to live in other parts of the world. And I was finding with an office and business and everything, I was just getting bogged down in being in one location and I wasn't finding as much time to travel. And I certainly wasn't living in other countries. Um, and so after I turned my company companies remote in 2014 is actually when I ended up having the most success as an entrepreneur as a leader, my leadership style really started shifting and evolving because I needed to look at myself in new ways and look at how I was interacting with my team in new ways. And I needed to trust them and empower them. And it was, you know, quite different from, I think I had more of a micromanagement style when I was in the office. Um, and I'm sure there's a spectrum of how, how micromanagey, if that's a word people are, but I was definitely, kind of up in people's business and constantly pushing things and checking on things and driving things. And, you know, you can't really scale a business super well when you're that attached to every little piece and part of it. And so I started being able to achieve more scale. Um, but as I say, it was because I had to let go. I had to start trusting people and empowering them and going on a journey, which meant unpacking my own stories about why I didn't trust them and why I didn't empower them and why I needed to be involved with everything and the ego validation and all of that, that came with me um, creating a scenario where it felt like the business needed me just to survive and thrive and function and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a long journey, as I say, since 2014, um, I'm doing a lot of inner work and bringing that into my company and then I think creating by doing that kind of creating space for people who work with me to also do that work. Um, and when I sold my last company in 2018, I wanted to get out of finance. I was finished. I felt like my time had come to a close in that area. And as I was thinking about what do I want to do next, I took some time off. Um, and I knew that the thing that I wanted to do next was something a lot bigger and something in technology and the thing that I was most passionate about was remote work because of the transformation that it had given me and given my teams and how I'd seen that ripple effect of being kind of a small business, but a global team. So working with say 15, 20 people, but from 15, 20 different countries every day and how beautiful that experience was that we were coming together to work on a mutual vision and mission a mutual passion for a project going out then into our very different lives all over the world and seeing the ripple effect, the positive ripple effect that that working together would have. And so I also at that time felt like 
there were so many advantages of remote work. Um, I couldn't see a future in which we wouldn't ultimately get to a place where people were working remotely where they could. You know, if you're if you're a knowledge worker, if you're working on a computer, answering phones or anything like that, really, you don't need to be in physical location. Obviously, it's different if you're serving customers, physical products you're driving or whatever it might be there are job there's always probably going to be jobs that require that are location dependent but there's a lot a lot a lot dependent um which we all know now i'm 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 now talking to <laughs> i'm now speaking to a point that everybody understands because of what happened in 2020 but back in 2019 i was 2018 2019 i was just playing with this idea and thinking it's got to be the future and i knew from my own experience that while being open to accessing a global talent pool was great, it wasn't very easy to find all these different people. Um, there was no single place that I could go to find people who were looking for professional long-term work, um, but didn't care where the country was that the company that they worked for was. Didn't care where the company you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> didn't care where the company was located. Yeah. Um, and so that's where the idea for Gromotely came up to create this marketplace where companies from anywhere in the world could find and hire and retain talent um, anywhere in the world. And so I originally was thinking that I would build this over the next 10 years or something. Um, and then, you know, just a few short months later, the pandemic happened and we all know what happened. From yeah. So, so Sarah, a couple of a uh, couple of observations there, and such an interesting story. Um, eight plus companies that you started, or did you acquire any of those? Where or were they just ideas generated into companies, into and then exiting them? Yeah, mostly I started them. Um, there was one that I acquired, um, and the rest, the rest I started myself. Yeah. Um, so I had financial planning companies, uh, accounting, bookkeeping business. Uh, I had a global recruitment company that I started prior to Gromotely to do all of my sourcing. So that's where I kind of knew about the pain points of trying to hire globally. And I also started an organization called the League of Extraordinary Women with three other female entrepreneurs that was a community. I mean, it's still, it's still alive. It's a community. I don't, I'm not myself um, operational in that company anymore, but it's a community that ran events and membership and conferences and things for female entrepreneurs. So. So we'll, we'll come, we'll come back to grow remotely. Um, but another observation here. So what's the connection with uh, Austin, Texas from Australia to Austin? Uh... Well, I wanted to move to the US. So originally I moved to Colorado so that I could live in a ski resort. I did that for a number of years before moving here. Um, and that was just really just desire. I wanted to live in the US. I wanted to ski more. I wanted to be in the mountains. Um, and I had just, I'd been traveling to the US a lot and just the entrepreneurial spirit here, the yeah. optimism by nature, it just felt very aligned with who I was. I always felt very alive here, very creative, very motivated and when I would be back in Australia I wouldn't necessarily feel that it was it was more difficult for me to harness that energy yeah. um, and so as an entrepreneur really through and through it just always felt like somewhere I wanted to be so it was very intentional I just I did put my all my ducks in a row and made a plan to get over here and here I am and yeah. then sorry you asked about Austin so I ended up 
meeting um, my now husband who had a place in Austin and I had my place in Colorado and we were kind of splitting time for a while. And then we ended up deciding that Austin would be the home base. Um, But I sort of started coming to Austin a little bit before that. And as I said, at the very start of the show, I was also toying even before I met him between New York city or Austin for doing remotely, because I knew I wanted to be out of the mountains and in more of an entrepreneurial hub to be building a tech startup. Yeah. You know, um, working remotely is is such an important and the, the future of working has changed, especially after the pandemic. But even before that, I'm, I'm, I'm from Canada, mm-hmm. I'm from Toronto and I used to work for global mm-hmm. companies and I, used to here in the UK as well. And some of these companies had these concepts of virtual working or working from home. But obviously it's not the same Mm -hmm. as how things have shifted, especially over the last three years. But you made a big difference back in 2014 in terms of your concept. You basically brought your life to life. Yeah, (laughs) that's 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 huge because I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, you know, that's really an interesting concept that I should have been because I love traveling. I love being in different countries and, you know, I don't want to be tied to, you know, a particular location. I should be able to be able to do things remotely Mm -hmm. um, at ease, you know, down the, the, you know, downstream effects. So that's 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 amazing. I mean, I think it's like anything, you know, we get conditioned to just see what we see and we have to remind ourselves to continue to look outside of that box, as they say, to question things and to remember that there are infinite possibilities at all times. You know, we often get very black and white when we're making a decision, like we have decision A or decision B, but literally you actually have a lot of other decisions that you could make and a lot of other possibilities. And I think, I have just cultivated a practice of that within myself from a very young age, just sort of realizing that I am the creator of my destiny and also that every single thing in this world was created by somebody at some point in time. Like the fact that we all worked in offices was somebody's creation or some group of, you know, a collective creation at a point in time. And I was just able to look at it and say, well, maybe it made sense at that point, maybe it was exciting to all come together in a building or a a same location to build something because we didn't have internet. We didn't have all of these things. I mean, you know, we can really dive into the real history of this stuff and it's long and complex and related to a lot of different things. But just thinking of it like that, I think it's always important for us to say, well, is the way that I'm doing things because I truly desire to do them that way? Or is it just because that's what I didn't I like, I just thought that's the way it is. That's what I see everybody else do. And so I think, I think that's just something that I've always brought into my life and it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean the moment I see it, I just go change. I, I, you know, I, I was nervous about turning my company remote. And the other thing is everybody thought I was crazy. So it was very hard to do it actually, because nobody was taking me seriously. I shouldn't say nobody, but like, you know, a lot of my peers, a lot of the other entrepreneurs I knew, I knew in their mind, they didn't really take me as seriously after that. I think they thought I was like a digital nomad who just, you know, I was the business. 
I, I don't think they fully knew and comprehended like, no, I had a team of 15 people, you know, running a multi-million dollar business. It was just hard for people to get their head around. Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah is grow mostly your, uh, your main um, focus of a company now, or are you focused? On yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah. No, I actually have kind of, ceased all other endeavors because this is such a big um and exciting project i want to pour all of my energy this feels like my life's work um really playing playing that part in redefining work for humanity um this is a huge shift we're all living through it's it's really cool when you think of it like that like wow we get to live through something that is so fundamentally such a fundamental aspect of our life that is evolving that in a hundred years time, you know, people will be looking back and talking about this thing that happened and then everybody became working like this and that's where it all came from. And maybe at that point they'll be thinking of another way to work together or I don't know what it will be, but this is like a big, a big deal and it's exciting it's engaging. And I feel, um, you know, very passionate and, well positioned to be someone who's helping kind of shape the new direction of the way that we work. So what, what is the connection with conscious leadership? It's what I always feel is that remote work unlocked a door for me. So I kind of touched on it when I was giving my quick overview of my whole life. Um, but going from working in an office with people to now leading from a distance and just hanging out with myself every day physically and in person and then kind of still needing to get results from my team and my company required me to let go of old ways of leading and sorry I'm just recovering from a so I have to mute and cough occasionally (laughs) um And so it required me to look at myself and look at the way that I was as a leader and develop new ways of leading. But whenever we look inward, we start to have to, you know, parts of ourselves don't want to change. They don't want to evolve. And so I don't know how familiar people are with these concepts, but like that, an ego death, like I would have to let go of a way of being, like realizing that oh, I was making myself feel important by turning up at 7am to my office every day and then bossing people around all day, basically. And then I would go home and be like, oh my God, like if it wasn't for me, this company would fall apart. And all of that, I was making my own life difficult to validate myself and I was disempowering the people around me. So in order to shift into what's required in a remote environment is we have to trust each other and we have to empower each other because we're not sitting there all day mm. next to each other, basically cracking the whip. Um, and so I had to let go of some of those stories and find who I was without that, that aspect of validation. And so that just kind of isn't, an, is an example of where I started becoming even more introspective mm-hmm. and more curious about myself working with coaches and therapists and um, all of those kinds of things. It's been a, a long, a long journey, obviously many years, um, but becoming more self-aware yeah. and more aware of the fact that I continue to have blind spots. And I 
to need to evolve and grow and then bringing that into my company and into my team. I think remote work as well. And and this was a hard concept for people to understand before the pandemic, but I think everybody probably gets it now. Remote work, ironically, actually brings more of our whole selves to the workplace than office-based work. Office-based work, we literally put on a uniform, essentially a mask every day. And we went into the office and I think about how many people I worked with that, you know, I didn't even necessarily know what area of the city they lived in, whether they had a partner or not, whether they had children or not, they had a dog or a cat. And like maybe the close, the few handful that I worked very closely with, I did, but there was lots of people in my sphere that I did not have any idea who this person really was. What are their hobbies? What do they do on the weekend? Whereas now I could be having my very first call with someone that I've never met like you. And, you know, for all I know, like your dog jumps up and licks your face or something. And then it's like, okay, I know you have a dog or, or your child walks in or whatever it might be. And we've all experienced that now, but yeah, the irony of we're further away yet we're in our chosen environments maybe wearing clothes in a setting that's more reflective of who we are as people. And so we're actually getting to know the whole self, which is the idea that we have a professional self and a personal self is actually not. While we may conduct ourselves in a certain way, it's not true that if you have an insecurity um, that gets triggered by, I don't know, somebody doing, people doing some certain thing, it's not true that that's not going to show up at work. Yeah. Like whatever you are triggered by, whatever is hard for you emotionally in your personal life is also going to be there at work. But prior to now, there's just been no room for emotions or any of that at work. And that's really actually been quite damaging for our society. Um, This idea that you need to show up somewhere for most of your life, for a good chunk of your, you know, 40 hours plus of your week, you need to be hiding a lot of who you are. And so for me, conscious leadership and conscious culture is recognizing that we're all whole people, that all of the relationships and dynamics that are at play at work, which include our performance and how we're able to show up, are impacted by the entirety of who we are. And by bringing that in and creating a safe space for myself and my team to actually talk about those things, we can actually start to heal and grow and expand and evolve so that some of those patterns and traumas and triggers are actually, um, you know, not becoming problematic anymore. They're being healed and they're being, we're growing through them and we're, and then we can take that out into the other areas of our life. So it's, it's a huge, it's been a huge journey for me, but it's been very profound. Yeah. I completely agree with you, Sarah. The, you know, I'm a strong advocate of conscious leadership and, you know, I work with corporates at different sizes, um, you know, large, small, medium enterprises as well. And as you were describing, you know, we go into offices, office spaces, and, you know, we, we have this uniform, we have this mask, and we we are generally operating with that IQ, not necessarily with that EQ and being self-aware and the personal aspects. I mean, some of those concepts are some, you know, sometimes coming in and being embedded. 
but the positioning mm-hmm. has completely changed when you're working remotely where there is a personal element to it and you do tend to actually bring that out uh, whether you like it or not it's not always just business and it, yeah. it, it it actually just comes out naturally as well um now how you actually utilize conscious leadership you know in in you know building your businesses improving your business performance improving your leadership teams and so forth if there is the right leadership there to drive it to lead it and to embrace it that makes a big difference do you do you do you find that with people that you're inter- with, with other leaders that you're interacting with yeah definitely because i think you know when we are unconscious just to make this pretty simple um I think, you know, we're engaging in some kind of situation that just keeps showing up in our life. You know, we find ourselves in the same drama or the same pain on repeat over and over. And it's because we're unconsciously playing out something um, from our past. As soon as we can start to bring conscious awareness around that and start to see, oh, I'm creating this. I'm continuing to attract people in who are overbearing or I'm continuing to attract people in who become dependent on me or whatever it might be. There's a reason that we're attracting that dynamic in. And once we start to look at ourselves and say, where is that coming from? How can I evolve and grow? How can I see that dynamic before it unfolds, have boundaries, make healthier decisions? All that stuff's happening at work as well. And it's getting in the way all of the time of people's um, effectiveness and their energy levels and their ability to show up and create magical, beautiful work. Um The other aspect I think of consciousness is for me, at least this understanding that we are all connected, everyone Mm -hmm. and everything. And even the idea of operating from a place of competition is not very healthy for operating from a place of competition is not very healthy for the actual overall betterment of this planet and the people on it because competition assumes that there I win and you lose or you win and I lose that there is finite uh, resources abundance whatever and we're fighting over them and if I get them you don't have them and if you get them I don't have them that is a path to destruction for probably the human race Um, maybe not the planet, the planet will probably survive and thrive beyond. But if we think about collaboration more so than competition, and I like to bring that into the workplace and think about every decision I make every day, everything that we do has this ripple effect to the world around us. And I want to make the world around us better. I want to make a positive impact on, on the people and the planet and everything that we're doing. And so can I look, build my company and the relationships with everybody through the lens of collaboration? We believe in our mission. We believe in this future of work that is a lot healthier, a lot more, allows for a lot more diversity and inclusion Um, giving opportunities to a lot of different people that previously were unable to have opportunities where it's better for the planet, not commuting, all of that kind of thing. So every day in the decisions that we're making as we work together, um, can we remember that the most important goal 
is for remote work and conscious culture and this evolution of things to move forward because that is the betterment of society. The yeah. most important goal isn't that we win against, I don't know, XYZ company or something like that. Yeah. It's a, 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 a dose of healthy collaboration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, there's nothing wrong with that competition in, in terms of like, I, I think it's, the spark of like, wow, look what they're doing. We could do this. And this is amazing. And I see it as like, we're all together, like rising something. We're all together moving, pushing something forward, a movement forward. But if we can always do it through the lens that we are always connected and bringing that down then into the the micro of like a team, you know, if, if I turn up to my leadership team meeting and I'm angry and grumpy and I start yelling at someone in the meeting, like there is a flow on effect of that. It's not just about me and that person and that moment. And there's nothing else that happens from there. Like, no, that literally flows on into everybody and into everything until that energy is cleared between yeah. us. Yeah. That's really like the macro and the micro, just realizing that everything we're doing at all times does have an impact on the world around us. There's that ripple effect because we're all connected. Yeah. It's the, so that there is there is a lot of self work that you know you and I and everyone I consider everyone as a, as a leader in their own right. Um, it's not about yes, titles, absolutely. But uh, but, uh, but no, everyone, I always say leadership is yeah. earned as well. It's not it's not given to you exactly you know, in a title. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So. Um, Sarah, if if I'm a company or a an individual looking to leverage Grow Monthly, um, how would a conversation with you and I sound like? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you're a company looking to work with Grow Monthly, um, you know, we would probably be talking about your team and you know, how your company is, are you remote first already? Are you looking to transition to remote? Um, and what are your views on hiring globally? And I would be talking to you about the benefits and advantages of, you know, you can have whatever size company you are. I mean, remotely specifically works with sort of smaller to medium growing businesses, but you can be a smaller business with 10, 15 people, and there is incredible talent all over the world. And we have that talent in our marketplace and they're looking for companies like yours. They're looking to work with people who are conscious, um, working on impact projects, doing meaningful work. One of the big things that happened was already happening, but kind of got accelerated during the pandemic was we, we all decided, like we all kind of looked inward and said, I don't want to waste my life doing meaningless work anymore. I want to do something that matters. I want to use my life to do something that matters. Um, that's where we saw so much shift and evolution and change in employment. Uh, I think in the United States, they call it great resignation, but yeah, I would be talking to you about, let's help you build this really wonderful global team that is very aligned with your vision, your mission and your values. And then once you're all set up on Gromotely, we have culture tools, we have community and masterclasses and a bunch of other ongoing development to help you retain these people and also to continue to improve and iterate your culture. So it's really so, an end-to-end -end piece of yeah. software for a small business to manage their global team. Yeah, and and is um, 
is this uh, global uh, as in like if 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 i have yeah. potential opportunities to interact with grow remotely either to receive talent or to work with you for example would that be feasible globally yeah exactly so any company anywhere in the world can work with any person anywhere in the world yeah and so for professionals you know we we talk our conversation would be join grow remotely this is a place where you're going to find companies who are hiring and those are the types of companies that are more conscious more mission driven they have founders who are trying to do something that's impactful on this planet okay wonderful and um sarah you've written a you're an author you've written a book um would you like to share a little bit about that well my book is called conscious leadership a journey from ego to heart and it's really my own journey a lot of the things that we just talked about but in obviously greater detail so it's my journey from my first company to where I got to. I wrote it right at the beginning of starting Gromotely. So it's kind of my journey over that 10, 11 year period of going from being you know, not the best leader, more egocentric, more um, micromanaging, all those kind of bad traits and everything that I learned along the way to get to the place that I have now. And it was a long journey, you know, and I want to help people kind of learn from some of the insights and things I experienced because for me, it was very, I was just learning on my own. I was just out there in the wild west figuring stuff out and going, hey, this, yeah. oh, that's interesting. I feel like we're in a really beautiful time now where there's a lot more people doing this work and a lot more companies that are wanting to operate in this way. And, you know, there's lots of like you bringing people together to talk about this kind of stuff, um, which is amazing. But yeah, my, my book is just one of those pieces of information and sources of knowledge, but it really is my experience share. It's not you know, 10 steps to becoming a conscious leader. Like I think one of the things about um, this, this word conscious or something, this, this idea is really about knowing yourself. It's about yeah. and continuing to be curious with who you are. So there is no like format of how to show up. It's, it's actually the anti antithesis of that. Yeah. It's more look inward, just look inward and then be brave enough to bring that forward. And whatever your inward is, is different from mine. Yeah. Um, it's really all just about knowing, knowing oneself and, and as a company, knowing who our company is, like, let's not say that we're flexible if we're actually really structured, like neither is right or wrong. It's just knowing who we are and putting that forward in the world. Yeah. It's, it's clarifying and building your true North and you have done that. You're still on that journey so am I, and so would be other people as well. And you hit on yeah. some white spots there. It's, 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 it's making that effort and being self-aware to actually start on that journey as well to become conscious mm -hmm. <laughs> and to be that conscious leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't even know. Like, I think we hear about this having like an awakening, and I think that tends to be. Mm -hmm what happens to someone um we have a moment where we go oh huh and we start to wake up and see that we are more than what we thought we were and I think that happens for everybody in different ways um we all have different journeys for me I think I had a lot of very big questions when I was very small Mm -hmm. um, that couldn't be answered by people around me and for a long time I pushed them down uh, and then 
you know, got to a place in my early thirties where I couldn't push them down anymore. And they, and it was probably after my dad died, um, that I really started, you know, doing this work and starting to really look inward and really like, listen to those questions and be curious about them. Yeah. And then started working with plant medicine and all sorts of other things that have helped me to expand into this space. But I hear about people who have sudden awakenings, you know, an, an event that happens and it's just like, poor, they yeah. can't see the world the way they did anymore. Yeah. Um, but when we do start to awaken and, and see that the structure, like even just the idea of me waking up and realizing I don't have to go to an office every day. Like I could, yeah. I could do, I could be remote. Like that is an awakening, right? It's this moment of seeing like, oh, this thing that I thought has to be this way. Actually, it doesn't like, I, it could be something different. It could be, yeah. 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 No, I, I completely agree. And, and I've, I've had um, a couple of moments in my life journey as well. One was, um, you know, demise of a partner that I had previously. And then second is just a, a new way of doing things. And that was thanks to my wife uh, about four years, four or five years ago, where Mm -hmm. she kind of educated me on so many things related to abundance and how you think. Uh, It's not all about seeing, you know, you have to believe and, you you know, about, you know, about about abundance, um, about high vibration Mm -hmm. and, and how you can actually incorporate that into your own life, but also into the business world as well. And that itself was a big turning point, you know. A lot of the things that I had yeah. doubts about and questions that I had shifted. And obviously, there was a personal curiosity, you know, to learn and, you know, get into that mindset because it's a, it's a mindset thing as well. Move from a black and mm-hmm. white to a different, different type of a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a scenario but you kind of apply that and you become stronger um gratitude being one of them yeah it's it's moving from it's moving from this idea that like the things are just happening to me and I'm just in the fucking washing machine sorry for swearing (laughs) I'm just in the washing machine with life like I'm just getting beaten (laughs) around and things are just happening it's completely random it's moving from that which in and of itself is kind of more of a victim frequency. Like I'm just the victim of my circumstances. Um, And, you know, even with something fortunate, it's just saying, well, I'm just lucky. It just happened. And that's just, you know, luck, luck for me. It's moving from that to more of like, I'm a co-creator of this experience. And, And some of the things that are happening to me, if not all of them at some level have been brought forth by me. Yeah. But that require that is that in itself is a huge ego death because we have to sit with all of the mess we created for ourselves, all of the, you know, in, in terms of just using abundance, financial abundance as an example to wake up and accept that we can create financial abundance means we have to also hold the fact that the lack of abundance we may have, prior was yeah. our doing exactly, <laughs> and that sucks because it's a lot yeah. easier to think oh it just happened to me poor me like yeah so you know that's like at the simplest level I suppose is is an aspect of awakening as well as just to see like oh wow I'm playing a role in this you know I'm not just separate from completely separate from the world around me and things are just happening yeah. um and and 
another part of it is like, oh, we don't really know anything. Like it's all very, all we really, all I think that I know is that I'm having an experience. I don't know if any of it means anything or if it means nothing, if I'm (laughs) on a path, if I've had many lifetimes or not. Like I know the things that resonate with me, but I also don't really know anything other than I am here right now on this podcast talking to you. (laughs) Yeah. So Sarah, that, that was wonderful. Tell us a little bit more about you. What does what does a day in the life of Sarah look like? Morning to night. Yeah, um, I have a baby boy. He's he's growing now. He's eighteen months old, um, and a husband and a dog. She's asleep on the floor next to me. Um, so I mean, I guess I'm pretty. I like to have spontaneity and fluidity in my life, but there is a typical day I think it's something like I tend to wake up quite early and I'll usually go and do maybe an hour of work or something before Luca wakes up and then when Luca wakes up I play with him for a little bit a couple of hours cook him breakfast hang out in the garden that kind of thing and then um, my nanny's actually just been away for two months because she had her own baby but she's back now but then the nanny would come to the house, which we're very fortunate to have. And then I'll dive into my work. And I mean, my work days are quite varied as well. Um, I try not to have lots and lots of meetings every day because it's not what makes me thrive. Um, so I usually chalk meetings into one or two days a week. And then the other days I like to do deep work, um, but I'll often go to yoga or go for a walk or dance or something throughout my day before coming back to work. And then I usually hang out with the fam, my husband and the baby in the evenings as well. So, I mean, that's like a a typical boring day, but also I could be anywhere traveling, doing something fun. (laughs) Fulfilling, fulfilling. Sounds like fulfilling. Very fulfilling, very beautiful. And I have an incredible community here in Austin. And, you know, this is the thing that I'm so passionate for the world about remote work is that you get to create your life where you want it with the people that you want it to be with and do meaningful work, be in your zone of genius, bring incredible creations to the world, but we don't have to compromise anymore. Wonderful. What's the next big business or personal adventure for you? Or are you already in it? Yeah, I think I'm on it. You know, (laughs) this remotely is such a huge, huge thing. It definitely feels like, um, you know, the first 10 years or so of my entrepreneurial career was a really big adventure in learning how to um, productize service businesses, scale them and exit them. And then I kind of got to the point where I was like, I could keep doing this, but no, I really want to see what it's like to build something huge and understand what it is to harness that level of energy and make that amount of impact on the world. And so that's really the journey that I'm on right now and, and motherhood as well. I, I've just become a mom in the last 18 months. So that's a huge journey that I've just embarked on. Wonderful. Um, we're coming to a close, Sarah. Is there any mess- closing messages or a challenge to other leaders or anybody that you'd like to share? Oh, it's been great chatting. I mean... I appreciate talking about these topics and, you know, I think it's great to bring more awareness to this and just have more mainstream conversation about (laughs) 
the questions of our existence and and who we are and how this all works. Um, yeah, I don't know that I have a challenge for anyone anyone off the top of my mind, but I just uh, just want to say thanks for having me, and it was great to chat about this stuff. And you know, I guess for people who are listening, like feel free to reach out to me. LinkedIn's probably the best place uh, to get me, but yeah, feel free to reach out to me if any of this resonated and share your own experiences or thoughts or journeys. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Sarah, for being with us today and sharing your journey. Thank you. My okay. Pleasure. Wonderful. Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode on communications and what that means for organizations, both at an executive and board level. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Hey, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content, insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur, and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses, created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that, but what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from medium-sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine-tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss 
and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.